since about ninth grade, ladies' ministry has been a part of my life. Um, and then not long after, I believe it was around 2019, having been overseeing ladies' ministry for quite some time, um, that the church, different people were like, oh, we should pray about maybe like a name for the ministry. And it had been maybe about a year or two that the Lord just kept putting Colossians 2-2 on my heart and mind um, for the ladies' ministry. Um, probably from early on, as soon as it was like, okay, will you take the baton? Will you take on this ministry? The verse that just would continue coming up was Colossians 2, verses 2 and 3. And it says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Those are no small potato promises, right? When we think about it, just the first one, that their hearts may be encouraged. If you live in 2023, you know that our hearts need encouraging that our hearts would be knit together in love, right? In a world that is so divisive, where there's so many things competing for our attention, we, dear sisters here tonight, could have our hearts knit together in love to attain all the riches of full assurance of understanding the knowledge of the mystery of God. These are some big promises. Remember, ladies, they're given to us by a big God. He loves us, and he desires to do these things in and through us and for us. So that is our prayer, right, here at Woven um, Ladies Ministry. And um, before we pray for tonight's study, we'll pick up in Genesis 11, which is where we begin our study through the life of Abraham. So we'll be looking at his journey throughout the book of Genesis, and we'll pray, and then we'll begin. Lord, we cannot thank you enough for your faithfulness, your goodness towards us. Lord, if there's anyone here tonight that is maybe struggling, holding on to a promise that you have given them, Lord, would you renew her heart? Would she just continue to trust you that we would not compromise or uh, back away from any of the things you've called us to be obedient to, Lord, even if there is great sacrifice involved, Lord, because you are worthy and you are the rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So thank you again for bringing each and every one of these dear daughters um, here tonight, Lord, to diligently seek you. Speak to us through your word, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Uh, recently, there was an organization from the community that came and spoke to us here at church uh, regarding the need for foster parents in Miami-Dade County. And it turns out that my husband knew one of them, like just randomly. And as uh, one of the, the pastors that uh, oversees radio, and he was the one that had contacted this foster care ministry, comes over to where my boys are, he's like, your dad knows so-and-so from this organization. Uh, my oldest son's response was simply, classic dad. Like, <laughs> he just, of course he would know this person. Um, so in preparing for tonight's teaching, thinking of Abraham, I thought, what would be some classic Abraham songs, right? And of course, if you've been in church for any amount of time, um, perhaps you thought of Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, 
and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord, right? Um, and then, again, just researching Abraham's songs, I came across some of these for our study. It says, you are the God of Abraham. You are in command of every throne. You are the God of majesty and saw the heart in me and made a home. You have been my God, faithful through the years. Nations rise and fall. You are standing still. You will be my God. What then shall I fear? I know whatever comes. You will be with me still. This one was inspired specifically by the moment that the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, um, sacrifice to me your son, your only son, Isaac. So the, the lyrics of this song are very powerful, just, again, inspired by Abraham's obedience to take his son Isaac up the mountain. And it says, here on this mountain I have climbed, wrestling doubts that flood my mind. When ashes and dust are all that remain, will hope for the world still come from my veins? On this altar, on this road, you have called me from my home. The way I carry is not my own. Spirit, move this heart of stone. How can I walk in my new name? Father of many, the promise you gave. On this altar, on this road, I lay down my flesh and bones. And of course, we know the end of the story, right? We know that Isaac was spared. And I wanted to save this one for last. It says, sometimes I think of Abraham, how one star he saw had been lit for me. He was a stranger in this land, and I am no less than he. And on this road to righteousness, sometimes the climb can be so steep. I may falter in my steps, but never beyond your reach. Those lyrics are a not-so-well-known part of a very familiar song, one that maybe you have even worshipped along with your brothers and sisters here at church. And in preparing for tonight's introduction, I couldn't help but be reminded of the mystery that is present in that song, of how God's promise to an ordinary pagan fulfilled resulted in our salvation. For our Savior's land and his birth are the direct result of a covenant made and established by God with Abram, later known as Abraham. Yes, his obedience serves as a great example of what it means to walk in faith, keeping the covenant, but yes, at times even failing in it. His disobedience points us to grace and riches of God's kindness. So throughout the summer, in preparing for this study, I listened to quite a few teachings by Joe Foch on the life of Abraham. And one thing that was sort of the underlying theme in all of his teachings is the fact that Abraham's entire life was marked by the tent and by the altar. Tents and altars. Tents and altars. Everywhere Abraham built, he was either living in a tent or he built an altar. So I was thinking... Abraham's soundtrack, right, the soundtrack of his life, it would probably have that title, Tents and Altars, and that's the title for our study tonight. And we're going to look specifically just at an overview of his life, these different tents, these different altars, these times that the Lord appeared to him, and how each time was to draw Abram closer to himself, closer to him. So Genesis 12, verse 8 says, And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, 
and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord God. The seven times that, Abram, that God appears to Abraham are recorded for us in Genesis. And each time it's to draw him closer. This was the last teaching I ever heard Pastor Chuck Smith share in person. And it is the outline for our time together as we introduce this study on Abraham, the friend of a faithful God. So beginning in Genesis 11, we'll look at verses 27 through the end of that chapter. It says, this is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in his native land, in Ur of the Chaldeans. Verse 29. Then Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's, Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Ishka. But Sarai was barren. She had no children. And Terah took his son Abram, and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. We see in the next verse there, chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the beginning of Abram's relationship with God. He came to Haran with his father, right? That word where it says, now the Lord said to Abram in the original Hebrew has this connotation of he said again, right? So this is not the first time that God tells Abram, it's time for you to leave. It's time for you to get out of that country. And the fellowship to which God was calling Abram to is a fellowship with God's discontentment. A fellowship with God's discontentment. Ladies, this world is not our home have you ever felt just a little bit out of place here on earth? Not really belonging, not really knowing what's going on, not really fitting in with the lingo or the trends, just for some reason feeling out of place. The Lord has set eternity in our hearts. This is not our home. He does not want us to be comfortable here. And as a matter of fact, part of the beginning of his draw to his relationship with us is that fellowship with God's discontent, that the same sins and compromises that make God's heart break start to make our hearts break. And we are just a little more discontent in this world with its systems, with its philosophies, with its advice, with its social media, with its music, with its entertainment. All these things just, they, they lose their appeal to us when we grow in fellowship with God. We see later on in this same chapter that the next time the Lord appears to Abram, he calls him to a closer fellowship through the worship of God. 
So the first time he appears, it was to fellowship with the discontentment of God. And this one is with the worship of God. And it is based on his promises. Abram now is starting out on his journey of obedience, taking steps of faith to go into a land of, we don't know. We'll find out. It's a promise, right? And there in that same chapter, Genesis 12, verses 7 through 9, it says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So again, Abram joins in a closer fellowship to the Lord through the worship of God. And this appearance, this closer commitment, this fellowship is based on God's promises. What promises has the Lord shared with you lately? If the answer is none, I encourage you, get into his word. We cannot receive his promises if we're not going through his word daily. I beg you, please, start a devotional plan. Read through the Bible, one chapter or two chapters, whatever you can through in a day. Um, As a church, we have a Bible reading plan. It has a portion in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, a psalm, and a proverb. And you know what? Maybe right now, the season of life that you're in, you can't get through all those portions. But you could read the psalm and proverb and the New Testament. Or maybe you want to focus on the Old Testament, get more of of the history and the background of church. Or maybe the Lord shows you a different reading plan. That's okay. Just be in his word daily. The next fellowship to which God invites Abraham to join closer in is the fellowship of God's patience. The fellowship with the patience of God. And sadly, this is where some of us say, no thanks, that's enough fellowship for me. You know, fellowship with the discontentment of God, fellowship with the worship of God, I'm all in. But with the patience of God, God is really, really patient. (laughs) Like, really, really beyond patient. How can I join in that fellowship with him? Ladies, this promise for a son would not be fulfilled for 30 years. 30 years, Abraham and Sarah waited for this promise. And in that time, they failed some tests, right? There were times where Abraham does not end up in a good place because he didn't seek the Lord. But when he failed these tests, God continues to give opportunities to pass. And um, it was so sweet to rehear this teaching, um, Pastor Chuck Smith's voice. And he says, you know, I get to a point where I'm like, Lord, Just give me the answer. I want to pass this test. I don't want to have to go through it anymore. And oh, it just, it made my heart smile because it's true, right? So often we we just want to learn the lesson. We're like, okay, we just want to fast forward this part that's uncomfortable and it's hard. And and just give me that patience already. Wait, that doesn't doesn't make sense. (laughs) But the fellowship with the patience of God uh, was another area where the Lord just used it to draw Abraham closer to himself. The next time that the Lord appears to Abraham, it's to establish a covenant relationship. And this was based on the fellowship of the hope of God, right? So we had the patience of God earlier. Now we have the hope of God. And this one can be found in Genesis 15. In Genesis 15, um, they, they had this tradition, this practice in this culture where we're to come into a closer fellowship with someone, you would split an offering, right? So you would, you would eat of the same animal and you would split it in two. And that was a sign of, of a covenant between the two. And in Genesis 15, God appears to Abraham. 
Abraham builds an altar and he splits these different animals. And it says that Abraham had to shoo away the ravens and like all these crazy birds that were trying to eat the sacrifice. And then he had this terrible dream of the future of of the children of Israel being in bondage for 400 years. But you know what? There was hope. Because after those 400 years, they would be set free. So again, a lot of times the Lord appears to us and he draws us closer in that covenant relationship because of the fellowship of the hope of God. The next time God appears to Abraham, he appears and he gives his name El Shaddai, which means God all-sufficient. That's found in Genesis chapter 17. And this fellowship to which the Lord calls Abraham is the fellowship with the sufficiency of God. Fellowship with the sufficiency of God. In Genesis 17, 1, he gives Abram a new name. He now calls him Abraham and establishes a covenant with him, not because of Abraham, but because of God. And I think that's why he starts with saying his own name first. I am all sufficient. This is who I am. Now let me tell you who you are. You are no longer Abram. You are Abraham the father of many nations. You know, even after his failure with Hagar and Ishmael, the Lord still uses Abraham. And some of us think, man, I have failed too much. I am not enough. There are just things that I can't overcome in and of myself. And it's an opportunity to come into fellowship with the sufficiency of God. So often we get to know that when we come to the end of ourselves. So if that's you here tonight, whether it's, it's just, man, I, I can't get it together. You know, I'm trying, I'm working, I want the Spirit to fill me, to use me. Come into that fellowship with the sufficiency of God. Don't make excuses because of your own weaknesses. Tap into his strength and you see how he's going to fulfill it in and through you. The sixth and next uh, fellowship The next time that God appears to Abraham, Abraham actually challenges the fairness of God. He has questions about how just God is regarding what was going on um, with Sodom. And this is in Genesis 18 where the Lord appears to him as a visitor. He takes on this human form. And Abraham starts to negotiate with God to see if there's any way that that Sodom could be spared, that this city where his um, nephew has gone to wouldn't deserve the justice of God. But as the Lord appears to him, Abraham comes into fellowship with the justice of God. Abraham comes into fellowship with the justice of God. No man is going to be able to stand before God when he faces him in eternity and say, it wasn't fair. No one, right? No matter what we've gone through, no matter what experiences, no matter what life challenges we face today, none of us will be able to say to God, it wasn't fair. It wasn't just. He is the God of justice. It is a part of his very nature. He has the right to rule the world, and he does so injustice. And I just think that we need to be reminded of that. Romans 1 tells us about the consequences of sin, specifically the sin that Sodom and Gomorrah wore as a badge and took on and said in pride, this is who we are, you will bow down to this. And it is that final straw of the judgment of God's God's wrath 
that Pastor Chuck Smith said he believed was coming down in our country. And how much more now, all these years later, maybe about 15, 20 years since then, these days are looking more and more like the conditions of Sodom and Gomorrah than ever before. But no one will ever be able to prove that God is unfair or unjust in any of his dealings, especially when it comes to the consequences he gives. The final time that the Lord appears to Abraham is Genesis 22. So go ahead and turn there with me if you, um, if you can. There in your Bible, Genesis chapter 22. And I love how this chapter begins there in verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things. So many things. Abraham's life, right, his promise fulfilled. He has his son. He messed up. He has another son, right? All these things. Life is finally together. And the Lord says to him, Abraham, and still he responds, here I am. Then he, being the Lord, said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Abraham's faith is presented here. It's also the first time we see the word worship appear in the Hebrew, just reminding us of the sacrifice that's involved in that. It's also the first time I believe that we see love in the Bible, speaking of the father's love for his son. This test of faith is the deepest fellowship one can experience. And many scholars believe that this is why it's the last time God appears to Abraham, right? This is the fellowship of his sufferings. As we read through these verses, and you can sort of just put yourself in Abraham's sandals, finally receiving the promise, right? His son, he loved, he waited for 30 years. He and his wife finally able to rejoice. Their barrenness is taken away. All that shame, all that doubt, all that wondering embodied in their son. And now the Lord appears to him and says that. He touches Abraham's heart and he says, this is what I want from you. Put that on the altar for me. And he says, here I am. And he does it early in the morning. He wakes up and he goes and he's willing to offer his son. And it's the fellowship of suffering. And I wonder if this is the point in Abraham's journey where God says, yeah, that guy, he's pretty cool. He's my friend. Because he was able to share in the suffering of God. I don't know that there's too many Bible characters or individuals who know the heart of God when it comes to offering their only son, right? But Abraham got it. He understood the cost. He understood the sacrifice. He understood the pain to a certain degree, right? 
I don't know of too many other people in scripture that experienced that heart of God the way Abraham did. And I wonder if that's why he had that beautiful title of friend of God, where God is able to say, this man was willing to share in my suffering. He was willing to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to obey, even though it costs me everything. And you know what? I just can't help but thinking of the, the days and age that we're living in where there's so much suffering, right? And we think, Lord, why is this? Why, why is it so hard? Things could be so difficult emotionally, physically. You hear more and more of families having strife, having struggle, more and more just financial strain. Just everywhere we look, it's like this pressure. And I think of those verses in Corinthians where it's like we're pressed but not crushed, right? And it's like, Lord, are you sure? Because I feel like I'm about to get crushed right now. And I wonder if it's because the Lord is calling us closer to that fellowship because he wants us to know that we can be his friends too. Even this morning um, with my students, we were discussing the account of the 10 lepers that Jesus heals all 10 of them and only one comes to return and give thanks. But it's interesting that one of them was a Samaritan and the other nine were Jews. And recently we had talked about the Samaritan woman and how the Jews and the Samaritans never got along. But there was something about the shared suffering of these lepers that they were willing to put aside all those differences and come together. They banded together and they were friends. They came together and they sought Jesus together. They lifted up their voices together and they were healed together. So ladies, if you're going through something tonight, you're not alone. You're here with other sisters who love the Lord and who understand and want to, we want to bear each other's burdens. We want to honor the Lord and we want to grow closer to him. And if he uses the fellowship of his sufferings to do that, then that's okay. Because he is not a God who is unjust, right? He is not a God who is unforgiving. He is not a God who is impatient. So we can trust him even in those moments where he's calling us into a closer fellowship, the fellowship of his suffering. So in conclusion, I wanted to sing um, the chorus of that song of um, the introduction where we thought of the fact that one of the stars that was lit to Abraham when he received the promise of how many children he had was lit on my behalf, was lit on your behalf. And this is the chorus. It says, Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. And I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways. And step by step, you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. You know, even though it's the last time that the Lord appeared to Abraham, it's not the last time we see him in scripture. The very next time we see Abraham, he's fetching a bride for his son. And um, at this point in the teaching, um, Pastor Chuck just sort of like gets choked up. Um, he wasn't like me. He wasn't getting choked up throughout the whole teaching. He kind of just <laughs> saved it to, to the end. Um, but he was just sharing how that picture of sharing in the fellowship of God's suffering to then fetching the bride for his son. And he says, and I believe it's closer than ever, that God is going to send the Holy Spirit, right, to fetch the bride for his son, Jesus. 
And it was just such a beautiful reminder that even though we're living in these last days where there is so much opportunity to join in the fellowship of God's sufferings, we know that his return is just that much closer. And that as his bride, we just need to be about his work. We just need to be, okay, Lord, I want to be ready. Purify my heart, Lord. Purify my thoughts, my actions, my will, everything that I do, that it would be for your glory so that when your return comes, I can be that bride that's ready for you. You know, tents and altars might not apply to us directly, right? Our lives in 2023, the life he's calling us to lead, the steps the Lord is calling us to take might not look like physical tents and altars, right? So what will my life be known for? What will your title of your life soundtrack be? And I don't know, right? Only the Lord knows if if there is such a thing in heaven where we get to play everyone's life soundtrack But I can tell you this, my prayer, my deepest desire, the longing of my heart is that the title of my soundtrack would be Cross and Eternity, right? I just want my life to have those two bookends that Alicia lived her life in the span between the cross and eternity, that everything she did was a result of what Jesus did for her on the cross in her hope to see him and spend eternity with him. So as we close tonight, I just pray that the Lord would give you that passion, that title of your soundtrack of what it is that your life is going to be known for. So that as you go through these different fellowships, right, these different opportunities, whether it's growing in discontentment for the world, growing in patience, or if it's that season of the fellowship of his suffering, you can know that he is coming soon. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you that you not only want to be our friend, but you want us to be yours, God. What a privilege. What an honor. I thank you so much for tonight that you would give these dear sisters a safe ride home and that they would be able to just come away from this time together with just a renewed hope in who you are, Jesus. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.